What do we call you? Robin. Oh, this ball is absolutely blistered. Left center field, long run, Luis Robert got it! He's going to be an absolute beast for, you know, the next 10 to 20 years. I've seen a lot of Under Armour mannequins that look like that. You will see. He's going to be the next Mike Trout. Oh, oh boy, Luis Robert, look out to the concourse! In Cuba, siempre se pronuncia Luis Robert. Luis provides a special combination of power and speed. A combination of Andrew Jones and Bo Jackson. American League... National League, get ready, because Luis Robert is coming. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome to tonight's edition of Locked On White Sox. This is Locked On Luis Robert, episode 5. I am your host, Chris Tannehill. My partner, Herb Lawrence, is not with us tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. No, just kidding, folks. Just giving Herbie a night off tonight. We all need a little breather every now and then. Herb had some things going on tonight, so... I wanted to get to bed at a reasonable hour, you know, so I said, you know what, Herbie, I got this, and I'm sure he'll return the favor at another point, and he'll he'll do a solo episode. I know you guys miss Herb Solo, where he's just screaming into his phone for half an hour about the White Sox doing awful things and ruining his soul and hurting his heart, but actually, that's not been the case lately. Herb Solo, by the way, one of the shittier characters in the latest Star Wars reboot. I, I. Hey, it's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs and shit. Uh, before we get into everything going on with the White Sox and with Luis Robert, this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, or should I say the new and improved Built Bar, because it's even delicious-er. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, including six brand new flavors. Check this out. Caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And of course, Built Bar still has all those original flavors that you know and love, from the coconut almond to my favorite, the German chocolate, the peanut butter, and of course, the banana bread. They've got all the great flavors that you're used to, but now the flavor combinations are virtually endless. And don't forget, as always, Built Bars are healthy. They're great if you're a health-conscious guy or gal on the go. It's a great way to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. You know, I was out there doing some yard work the other day, and it was one of those instances where it's not quite dinner time, still got a while to go, but you need something, and you're hungry, you want a snack, you need something that'll hold you down, give you a little boost of energy, cure the sweet tooth as I have, and give you a little protein boost. In the meantime, Built Bar is absolutely perfect for that. They've got so many great flavors, and don't forget, Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great if you're on, let's say, a keto diet. For example, one of their new flavors, Cherry Barcia, I mentioned a few seconds ago. It's got 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and only 4 grams of net carbs. And now since Built Bar has been back with us, they've got a couple great offers for you guys just for our Locked On White Sox listeners. For a limited time, they're offering a free cooler with purchase, so got to get over there quick. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. So, if you're late to the party here on Locked On White Sox and the Locked On Luis Robert mini series we've been doing, first of all, welcome aboard. Thanks for checking out the show. As always, we appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, so you just want to hit us up, feel free. 
LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. And you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnSocks for each platform. So what we've been doing here is taking you through the journey that is Luis Roberts' rookie season with the Chicago White Sox. You know, there hasn't been a prospect as highly touted as him since I've been a White Sox fan. So we just wanted to sort of chronicle his progress, uh, his ups and his downs throughout the course of the season. And so we can kind of just focus on that and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll paint a picture for you and track the progress along the way. And, you know, because this is a, a season unlike any other. And Luis Ro- Robert is a prospect unlike any other. And we've already seen amazing early returns on him throughout his rookie campaign so without any further ado let's get this latest episode started so when we last left you guys it was during uh, the cardinal series uh, august 15th i believe and the white Sox had just dropped a doubleheader to the st louis cardinals uh, robert hit a home run in game two but the Sox were at the lowest point of the season herb and i were very very uh, angry during the podcast recap of that doubleheader on that woeful Saturday. I think it's safe to say that was the lowest point of the season for White Sox fans. You're watching a team, the Cardinals hadn't played in almost a month, and here they come into the south side, and they wreak havoc on your ball club. And, you know, all of a sudden the Sox aren't hitting. Uh, They didn't pitch particularly well. They didn't play great defense. And you started to feel things weren't ever going to get on track. You know, the Sox sort of struggled to find their footing in the early on of the season. But, oh boy, have things taken a turn for the better since that series with the Cardinals. So, as we sit right here tonight on August 27th, Thursday night, the White Sox being off tonight, they sit in a tie for second place with the Indians at a record of 19-12 and and only a half game back of the first place Minnesota Twins. That goes to show you in our game, so much can happen in just a week's time. Earlier this week, Lucas Giolito threw the first no-hitter of his career and the 19th no-hitter in Chicago White Sox history. And to be honest, things have never quite looked better for the future of this franchise. It's a good time to be a White Sox fan, and I hope... If you're sitting at home tonight without any Major League Baseball action tonight and the Sox being off, I hope you're taking a moment to maybe go back and watch that Lucas Giolito no-hitter from the other night and just sort of just appreciate the moment because in this season of 60 games where everything is under the microscope and it's already going by so fast, it's hard to believe that. It's already it's halfway over at the 30-game mark, and it's, it's hard to believe, but it's an important that you sort of savor those moments along the way because as White Sox fans, you don't get a chance to enjoy watching the team sort of blossom in front of your eyes over the course of a 162-game season. But in many ways, that's sort of beneficial because everything is heightened and everyone is sort of put through this pressure cooker of a season and you're seeing these young stars, the White Sox, you're seeing them sort of grow up before your very eyes and, and no moment certainly more impactful than Lucas Giolito's no-hitter from Tuesday night. And by the way, I just saw a whitesox.com tweeted, you can buy actual hard copy tickets of Lucas Giolito's no-hitter as if you know fans were in attendance that day. They have printed out tickets and you can buy them on the White Sox website. I'm, I think I may have to treat myself to one of those for down here in the in the basement in the podcast studio. It'd be pretty cool to have that no-hitter moment commemorated uh, in a ticket stub because I, I've always been a big-time ticket stub guy. I've got for any notable game that I've been to, I've, I've got stubs laying around the house, and some of them are more prominently displayed. I don't know if you guys or girls do the same, but uh, I think I think I might have to treat myself for a, a Lucas Giolito no-hitter ticket stub. But anyway, it's just a good time to be a White Sox fan, 
And when you got stars like Lucas Giolito, Elo Jimenez, Johan Moncada, and even Luis Roberts, it, it's just, you know, it's it's hard to find things to be upset about over the last 10 games for the White Sox. And hopefully those trends continue as the Royals uh, are, are prepared to take on the Sox this weekend. And they've handled the Royals nicely so far this season. So hopefully they can keep that going as well. But tonight we're here to talk about Luis Robert and track his progress through 2020 and like I said, when we last left you guys, you know, against the Cardinals, you know, Luis Robert was on a bit of a, of a downward tick, and we talked about his problems with the slider. Pitchers were throwing the slider almost exclusively to him, and then we talked about he, he faced some great pitchers in, um, in the Brewers and kind of threw him off kilter a little bit, and he's seeing a lot more pitch variety. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, he, he's still struggling a bit. But there, are, of course, are signs of optimism if you watch the Sox play every day and you watch Luis Robert play. What's not to like about him? But let's just set the tone now. Here's where, here's where Luis Robert stands in 2020. Baseball reference has him at a war of 1.5. So he started, like, he came out like gangbusters in the first few weeks of the season. But that sort of leveled off a bit. No one was capable of, of you know, living up to that pace that Luis Robert was, was at as far as the uh, wins above replacement, but 105 at-bats. He's got 29 hits, 7 homers, hitting 276, 16 runs scored, 18 RBI, 4 stolen bases with an OBP of 325, slugging 543 with an OPS of 867 and an OPS plus of 133. Now, he's about league average as far as on-base percentage. 325 is 10 points higher than the league average uh, of 310. Sorry, 15 points higher than the average of 310. Um, but let's take you back a little bit. After that Tiger series, what's better than the Detroit Tigers coming in if you're a struggling hitter? And certainly this was the case for Luis Robert and the White Sox. August 17th, Tigers come to town, and that was just what the doctor ordered, especially that Tigers bullpen. Oh, boy. Uh, the Tigers have cooled off considerably, and we talk about it all the time, Herb and I. There's nothing that you want more than to face that back end, the, the bottom tier uh, of a struggling team's bullpen. And so what happens? Luis Robert introduces himself to Roni Garcia. Two and two from Roni. Swinging a high fly ball left center field. Way back there. It is out of here. Bring him home. You said good at bat. How about a great at bat? Solo shot Luis Robert. And it's four to two. One of the guys you'd love to see come in a ball game if you're a White Sox fan. Uh, Roni Garcia, because of course Stoney being on a first name basis with with Roni. Here's Roni, and they just refer to him as Roni all night. Uh, I love that name. Damn, what would you Romy, 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 Rome think? But yeah, so the Roni Garcia home run, exit velocity of 105.6, and a distance of 396 feet. Later on in that game, Luis Robert meets Kyle Funkhauser. Joe and I both are Iron Men for enduring this. Oh boy, that's a dart to left field. Way back there. It's number two of the night for Luis Robert. Bring everybody home. Seven to two. Exit velocity of 115 miles an hour. A distance of 433 feet there for Luis Robert on his second home run of the night against the Tigers. And a really cool thing happened in that game. I talked about Stone sort of being the soothsayer you guys know he's always predicting things that happen throughout the course of a ball game but you know we talked about stone and his mike trout comparison you know he shared that those thoughts on the airwaves on the score about how he's got a lot of the physical tools that mike trout has and he's, he's not saying he's gonna be better than trout or even as good but 
in terms of Mike Trout struggling his rookie year, and you see what you see from Luis Roberts, who hasn't struggled to the point where it's like, oh, God, he's he looks overwhelmed out there. He looks outmatched. Never quite that bad for Luis Robert. But Stoney on that broadcast that night sort of clarified what he meant about his Mike Trout comparison. And also something really cool happened that he that Stone predicted in the outfield. Well, just as a way of comparison, because this is a game where you're compared to various people and. Mike Trout's first year. Luis Robert has those kind of abilities. And though he looks awful at times, you ask the guys who are standing 60 feet, 6 inches away from him when you make a mistake what he does with it. And we're just seeing the infancy stages of what could be a very special career. When he makes contact, as he does, good, clean contact, it sounds like there's gunpowder involved. The greatest part about it is he really doesn't have to make good contact to hit it out. He's that strong and he's got that much bat speed. I mean, he's he's a machine yep. athletically. Plus, I love the fact that he truly believes that every ball that goes in the air is his. Then maybe he gives you a chance to catch one every now and then, but it is his until you catch it. Now look. That's ridiculous timing. Come on. Stop it. No. Don't be doing that. Pick and roll, Eloy Jimenez. <laughs> he looks at him going, wait a second. Can I catch a ball every now and then? How am I going to be among the league leaders and putouts if you take everything when it's hit right to me? This is hit to Eloy. I mean, it's his ball. Well, it was his ball. It's not going to be his ball because it's Luis's ball. When he gave him the look like, uh-uh. <laughs> Big smile on Luis's face. And Eloy just stands there going, you did that again. Why do you do that? Well, <laughs> that's a perfect shot. That is a great <laughs> shot by our camera crew. Luis, Luis knows exactly what he did. Eloy's still mad. Yeah. He can't lead the league in putouts if the guy doesn't let him catch the ball. What's a foregrounded background? <laughs> yeah, how do you figure the timing of that, huh? Did you just foreshadow a ball in the gap that was a lazy fly ball out? How many wishes do you get from your magic lamp? Clearly, Steve Stone is a witch, and he should be burned. <laughs> no, but that was one of my favorite moments of the year there with Luis Robert coming in and, and grabbing all the attention and stealing Eloy's ball away from him. And Eloy, of course, with a deadpan look like, dude, what are you doing, man? And I, I, you'd love to see it. it. It makes me laugh every time I, I, I watch that clip over and over again. It's a guy in Eloy Jimenez who wants to get better out there, and, and it was an easy opportunity. And here comes the freak, Luis Robert, from center field, uh, patrolling foul pole to foul pole. It happened also again in that no-hitter the other night where Eloy was coming in on a ball, Tim Anderson was going back on a ball, and T.A. sort of snatches it away from Eloy, and then another funny moment where Eloy is all of a sudden, he's like your little brother, and, he, and he's, he's hitting T.A. with his glove, like he's just pounding him in the middle of a game, and he's laughing, and it was, it was really funny, and then Tim Anderson after the game tweets this, this is from at Tim Anderson 7 on Twitter, Eloy got from his spot to the foul pole, me and Roberts, I love he said Roberts, me and Roberts, in parentheses, Black Panther, We'll take everything else. So Eloy got from his spot to the foul pole. Me and Roberts will take everything else. I love that he calls him Roberts. Uh, you know, we were talking about how uh, Chicago sports fans always adding the unnecessary S 
uh, or men like you know Rex Gro- because of Rex Grossman everyone became men after that so it was like Kyle Ortman and Jay Cutman and you know adding an unnecessary s to Chase Daniel becomes Chase Daniels and you know and all of a sudden you have Tim Anderson calling Luis Robert Luis Roberts um, and calling him Black Panther as well which I enjoyed so yeah just it's a funny little game within the game thing going on on the south side with with a team that's playing with a lot of energy right now and looking out for each other and they know Eloy's a liability out there right now and they're just doing everything they can to not embarrass the lad on television so a salute to uh, Luis Robert and Tim Anderson on that one and more importantly of course no one ended up in the net so we always love to see that so the next night August 18th just one day later against Tariq Skubal and the Tigers Robert follows up his two home run night by going 0 for 3 now, it should be noted in this game, Luis Robert injured his hand a bit, sliding into second base. So he sits the next two days out en route to a sweep of the Tigers. It's the best of both worlds, right? You get to rest your star and still be able to take care of business against a bad team. So Sox win on the 19th and the 20th, and then on the 22nd, oh boy, here we go. It's the Cubs series. You guys know how that ended, Cubs losing two out of three to the White Sox and we mentioned that a possible regression was coming for John Lester and we really liked the matchup for the White Sox against John Lester on that Friday night at Wrigley Field. Well, it's a rude awakening time for John Lester. Sure, it was Luis Roberts' first time facing John Lester, but it also happened to be John Lester's first time facing Luis Robert. Robert a drive, deep left field, and it is gone! Bring him home, two-nothing socks. That was cannon fire. 112.5 miles per hour on the exit velocity for a distance of 397 feet. I don't want to give any state secrets away here on the Lockdown White Sox podcast, but don't throw Luis Robert 90 mile per hour fastballs at the numbers, okay? So the Sox went on to pound the Cubs that night for six home runs en route to a 10-1 to victory so Saturday night more of the same at this point the Sox are like the ghetto boys they can't be stopped I was worried about the Kyle Hendricks matchup for the White Sox and Luis Robert especially at Wrigley Field where Hendricks is normally awesome but in round one of the professor versus La Pantera I'll let you be the judge White Sox with a man in scoring position Luis Robert at the plate and the pitch on the way swung on and drilled a deep left center this ball is gonna leave the yard a line drive home run for Luis Robert and the White Sox lead two to nothing. 110 miles per hour on the exit velocity, good for 422 feet. That ball was crushed. It went a long way against Hendricks. And I was at the Cheesecake Factory actually that night. Uh, you know, here's how you know uh, that the White Sox are back when all of a sudden uh, I am, you know, using time with my family and I can't help myself but. Uh, break out the smartphone and have the Sox game on on my phone while we're out at dinner. It's really embarrassing behavior. Um, you know, don't knock the Cheesecake Factory e- either. They they wanted to go there and we had a lovely dinner. And uh, of course, cheesecake. I believe it was the the Nutella uh, crumb cheesecake I had. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, so we had a text conversation going. Herb, our buddy Brendan McCaffrey, big Sox fan, about Luis Robert after that home run. And two and two nights against the Cubs, we had the conversation about, I don't know if you guys have had had this as well, but the, oh my God, I can't believe Luis Robert is on our ball club conversation where it's like, finally, we have a guy like this. And here he comes. He's, he's, he hasn't played in a few days. He's dealing with the hand injury and he immediately contributes early in each game, giving his pitcher a nice early cushion against the Cubs in a series that the Sox had to have. 
and they took two out of three. And finally, you're looking at this this team, and you're looking at Luis Robert out there, who I think was hitting seventh that night. There is no ceiling right now for the potential of this team with guys like Luis Robert in your lineup. And if he's going to hit seventh without any pressure on him, and he can sort of navigate through his struggles and figure things out, and he doesn't have to be the guy. Like how many times have we seen this where, you know. Yohan Moncada, he had to be the guy when he came up because he was the first of the, of the wave of prospects to be here. But Luis Robert doesn't have to be the guy. And it's fun just watching him in that sense because as a fan, we don't watch it with a, with a stressful eye. Sort of like, okay, Robert, he, he's up now, so he's got to do something here because, you know, he's got, uh, you know, Reimer Liriano hitting behind him or something like that. You know, so it, it's another layer to this that, that's that's really fun to watch and something we haven't seen. So, of course, notably on Sunday against Yu Darvish on the 24th, Luis Robert goes 0 for 4. But let's be honest, no one was touching Yu Darvish that day except for Jose Abreu, of course, uh, who went on to win American League Player of the Week. Sox fall 2-1 to one to the Cubs. But they terrorized the Cubs pitching staff for 11 home runs that series so after being baffled by you darvish and, and who wouldn't be uh, after the pirates come to town luis robert in game one on the 25th he has a nice night for himself He's, he goes three for four with a double and a run scored so you know not letting these bad games stack up against each other and you know, give himself a chance out there putting some good at bats together he then goes 0 for 4 on Tuesday during the no-hitter, but of course playing a solid defense behind his pitcher Lucas Giolito en route to the no-hitter. But let's be honest here. Since the last time we met, since August 16th, Luis Roberts 7 for 30 with just a 276 OBP, but his BABIP, it could be, could be cause for maybe some optimism here. His batting average of balls in play is only sitting at 250 right now. So we know he hits the ball hard. I'll get to that in a second. But only 250 batting average of balls in play. So maybe he's just falling on some tough luck a little bit. Uh, he still ranks pretty uh, low in terms of the whiff rate and the strikeout rate, that which we'll get to in a second. But maybe some signs for optimism here that some of those hits will go through. We already know that with his speed, he's going to turn a lot of balls on the infield and into singles just off the strength of his speed but now we maybe see some of those balls fall through a little bit in the outfield or, or bleed through uh, the infield so something to keep an eye on going forward baseball savants got the advanced metrics on Luis robert where he stands now exit velocity he's in the 87th percentile so that means he's better than 86 percent of the league hard hit percentage he's at 85 the weighted on base average at 70, not bad. The XBA, the X batting average, is only at 41, so not great there, below league average. X slugging, sitting at 84th percentile, not bad there. Barrel percentage, how often is he getting the barrel on it? 96th percentile, so when he does make contact, he's hitting it in the sweet spot every time, and that's evident by the exit velocity, which is, of course, like I said, the 87th percentile. Now, here's where some of the bad stuff is. The strikeout percentage, he is in the bottom third percentile, so... Lots of work to be done there, and along with the whiff percentage, swing and miss, he's in the one percentile, okay? So he's right there at the bottom of the league in terms of whiff percentage. Well, how's he doing in the outfield, you might ask? Well, still pretty good. Uh, his jumps have not gotten better since last time, but he's, he's, he's better than average. He's getting a 65th percentile rate of uh, outfield jump. And his sprint speed is still at 97, 97 percentile. So pretty good. He can make up for some of those bad jumps with that sprint speed right there in the 97th percentile. So overall, pretty much where we thought it would be. He's still incredibly fast, great in the outfield, hits the ball hard, but striking out way too much. Now, one guy we haven't heard a lot from is new hitting coach Frank Menachino. And you would think he certainly deserves some credit depending on where you fall in line on the whole 
hitting coaches and how much credit or blame do they get for the offensive struggles or successes. But big-time offensive turnaround in 2020. Now, a lot of that is due to some of the free agent acquisitions and the prospects finally coming into their own. Um, but we don't hear a lot from Frank. And here's what he had to say about Luis Robert amongst the struggles that he's been going through over the past month or so. Nothing surprises me about Louis. You know, he's a he's one of my projects to really shrink the zone. He's my he's my guy to really get the most out of while playing in the big leagues. You know, he's got a lot of stuff to learn in the big leagues, and that's a really hard stage to do it at. But he's handling it. You know, I gotta constantly remind him to. It's the big leagues. These are the best pitchers you've ever faced. You're going to have to make adjustments. You're going to have to constantly work and stay on your adjustments. And it's not easy up here. And I, you know, I keep telling them, you're doing great. You're doing fine. Let's just keep working and keep getting after it and keep trying to do the things that normal players get a full year of AAA to do. So I'm proud of what he's doing. You know, he's handling everything pretty well. So we just got to keep going. The first time I think I've heard Frank Menachino speak this year, um, or ever for that matter. He he's kind of sounds like Coop a little bit. I was trying to figure out who his voice cousin would be. Uh, if you could think of someone who that sounds like, LockedOnSox at gmail.com. But he's like Bizarro Coop. Like, I just picture, you know, uh, Coop with, well, I, I was going to say Coop with a mustache, but now Coop has the full-on mustache. So, um, you know, sort of like a bizarro version of Coop who only deals with the hitters. But yeah, that, that that's good that uh, Frank Menachino is taking Louis Robert under his wing there. He's going to go through some struggles, Louis Robert, in his first year in the big leagues. And I think just the thing not to lose sight on here is that he's only played 30 major league games or thereabouts, uh, just, just under 30. So he's got a long way to go. And we don't do these episodes to put him under the microscope and criticize every little thing he does but just sort of to keep an eye out on, on the on the trends and, and what we're seeing out there and I just I see a guy who all of a sudden he's he's getting deeper and deeper through the league and guys are figuring out how to pitch him a little bit and he's adjusting too on uh, on the fly as you saw with the Lester and Hendricks at bats I, I was worried about that but if you throw one in the zone where he can get to it and he's not getting a lot of pitches in the zone but if you throw one in the zone he's gonna hammer you so Definitely encouraging signs here early on for Luis Robert. Let's take a look at the uh, race for Roy, we've been calling it, the race for the Rookie of the Year in the American League. We mentioned Luis Robert currently sitting at uh, 1.5 war, as I mentioned earlier, uh, with seven home runs with an OBP of 325. So so let's go there, and let's use that as the barometer. Kyle Lewis, on the other hand, from the Mariners, having an outstanding rookie year. This is going to go right down to the wire, and I think the fact that the – White Sox could be a playoff team, could help Luis Robert in this category. But here's what Kyle Lewis is doing out in Seattle. He's got a war of 1.7, higher than Luis Robert's batting average. He's sitting 360 right now. Homer's seven, same amount of home runs. And he's got an OBP of 446. So he's starting to distance himself here just a little bit. But this thing is going to go, it's going to have its ebbs and flows between Kyle Lewis and Luis Roberts. So something to keep an eye out on. But again, if you don't get a chance to watch a lot of West Coast baseball and what the Mariners are doing right now, they got some young talent there. Granted, they're only sitting at 13 and 20 right now. But if you get a chance to watch Kyle Lewis play, I I would definitely recommend it. Uh, they're, They're certainly not as disappointing as the Angels have been. And oh boy, 
Uh, I'm going to hear a lot about that when we recap our prediction show at the end of the year. I, you know, the Angels don't look uh, like they're going to be as advertised this year. But yeah, Kyle Lewis is doing great things, and if you got a chance, just watch some clips of him. You you see it often on MLB's Twitter. But yeah, the Luis Robert versus Kyle Lewis race for the Rookie of the Year is going to be something really fun to watch the rest of the season, the rest of this 30 game stretch here. So. Let's take a look at Robert and what he's doing over the past seven games, over the past week or so. Over 25 at-bats, he's got seven hits, four homers, eight RBI, just one walk. Would love to see those walks increase a little bit. Uh, hitting 280 with an OBP of 296. So that's over the last seven games. So we, that's a pretty good sample size right there. And hopefully things continue to progress and, you know, Royals pitching coming. So that should be good for Luis Robert. So I fully expect us to be recapping the Royal Sox games the rest of the week here and 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 in those victories are a lot of contributions from Luis Robert. So that about does it for tonight's episode of Locked On Luis Robert on the Locked On White Sox podcast. Appreciate you rocking with me tonight. Thanks for bearing with me solo. Herb and I will be back together to recap game one of the Royals series. If you want to get in contact with us, as I said, LockedOnSox at gmail.com. That's LockedOnSox at gmail.com if you want to hit us up for the mailbag, which we do every Monday. It's already it's already getting full. Uh, we're going to have to poke some holes in that mailbag to let, let some air out of there. So it, there's a lot of submissions already. So we appreciate it. So keep them coming, okay? So we'll talk to you again after game one of the Royals series tomorrow night, Friday night. For Herb Lawrence, I'm Chris Tannehill. Thank you for listening to Locked On White Sox.